Welcome to Word on the Block, the series that takes a deeper dive into the world of blockchain and emerging technologies, AI, 5G, and IoT, all at the intersection of business, geopolitics, economy, and social impact. It's what we cover right here on Forecast News. I'm Editor-in-Chief and your host, Angie Lau. Well, China's ramping up big time, about to launch the world's first central bank-backed digital currency using blockchain and cryptocurrency technology in a very centralized fashion. It's called DCEP, which stands for Digital Currency Electronic Payment, and it could disrupt the global monetary system as we know it. Or maybe it might be a lot of digital blockchain-based ado about nothing. From our perspective at Forecast News, though, there's a real chance of disruption against uh, current geopolitical tensions between U.S. and China. So let's dig a little deeper here and welcome back to the show Professor Hutziguo. He's Chinese economist and Fuji Bank and Heller Professor of Finance at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. Professor He, welcome back. It's great to talk to you again. It's great to have this opportunity to talk about this fantastic topic again. Thank you. Well, you know, last time we spoke, I think it was back in August of 2019, and the world learned that China was intensifying efforts to launch some sort of blockchain-based RMB digital currency. Now, it could have been a direct response to Facebook's Libra project when it was announced, or it could have been a coincidence. Regardless, the race is on. So where are we now? Are we in the final stretch of this race to see the world's first central bank-backed digital currency? Well, um, so I would say it is indeed a race, whatever it is, uh, at least the player perceived that's a very important race. Um, there's a lot of uh, discussion on whether those things indeed you know, uh, become the very, very big game, game changer or not, but at least that the PBOC view uh, the uh, launch of the of the Libra as a very important uh, challenger and therefore they would like to expedite it. Uh, we already, we also already know that a Libra um, face big amount of a challenge from the regulators, etc. And I really, really think that they, they need to be regulated. For the, for the PBOC, um, they, they choose the, I don't know if that's intention, they choose the timing of around the uh, biggest pandemic that we ever seen. Uh, in the world for for centuries, uh, but that the launch, you know, I wouldn't say the real launch, but the pilot stage of the DCEP is quite real. Some of my friends were using it, and uh, seems that this is a very important step for us to coming back and try to see that what is the real it is. We're hearing about the first trials as well in pilot areas that include Shuzhou, Xiang'an, Chengdu, and Shenzhen. Uh, as your friends are reporting back to you, and, and, and I'm sure as a economist, you're super interested into uh, understanding the dynamics and the details and the functionality of DCEP. Tell us how it's being used. Tell us how people are using it in these trials. Yeah, so... I personally would like to use my real myself, but I mm -hmm. couldn't because of the you know travel bans, etc. Uh, but I do have a friend uh, using it. So the, from my understanding, which is exactly matched my understanding of the of the of the mechanism of this DCEP, uh, basically that anybody 
you know, if you have a, a bank account in Agricultural Bank of China, that seems to be the important partner of the PBOC. If you have the account there, which I do have, but my friends also have, then you can convert some of the uh, RMB, uh, you know, your, your bank account, let's say 100 yuan, into a 100 uh, yuan DCEP, and uh, automatically you, you, you basically had a wallet um, on your phone, is on the ABC, Agricultural Bank of China app. Uh, then you basically create another wallet, DCEP wallet, um, you, 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 you transfer 100 yuan from your traditional account to that wallet and then you can use it to pay the stuff, to the, pay the service. For instance, in Shenzhen, Xiong'an, Chengdu, then you name it Suzhou, uh, you just go to, I, I think I heard about it, the KFC. It seems like I, I love KFC, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so just go there and pay it. No, so what I want to say is that it's not something you know super high tech from the user's perspective. I really want to emphasize that point. Just, just Beijing also know that they don't want it to disrupt the normal business. Uh, they want a minimal disruption. However, if you think that this is just the same thing as a, as a Tencent or um pay that you know it's just a complete mistake that's that's so different when you open up the uh, black box and try to see uh, what's really going on behind the scenes well absolutely right uh in, in terms of the ability of pboc to control the levers of china's economy at such a micro level uh, to the point of personal transactions, daily transactions. What is, what is the true power that allows uh, a central bank to be able to have the, those eyes and ears on on the day to day transactions and functions of of currency? Um, so I uh, here's you know your your question is a little bit subtle. Uh, you could mean a lot of meanings. Um, one is uh, at the macro, you, you mentioned micro, but I think that you know when we say control the monet, monetary supply, etc., it's a very macro level. Uh, at the macro level, I wouldn't think that at this point it's just a pilot, but I do think that once it gets to the pilot stage afterwards, that uh, they, um, there's a lot of things they can do in terms of the control, the you know M zero or money supply. It's just much easier. And uh, as I remember, I talk about it in the show um, in last August. Is that you know the whole point, the biggest advantage once you get the CBDC, just forget about this privacy or the, the money laundering. That's a different that different issue. It's not a monetary policy. But on the monetary policy side, the big, the easiest thing you could do is to introduce a negative interest rate. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's a huge thing, right? You, you see around the world, this is the get to the headline every every single time. Mm -hmm. Trump is is saying that we you know U.S. should have a negative interest rate. So this this is something that uh, with the help of the digital currency central bank digital currency that become easy okay so that's the macro side the micro side that you're saying you know the you know beijing or pboc can uh, in some way control the personal transaction with ears right um eyes ears that watch the um, personal transaction that part 
as a little bit of the technology details that actually I'm eager to know, but I don't think there's an answer from what I see from the from the um you know two sources that I typically get. One is like pub public uh, new news reports, you know these white papers, etc. And sometimes I talk to the people who were working on those issues. Uh, I often get a conflict answer on this issue, whether that the PBOC would like to tracing, like tracing in the very, very detailed sense, in the sense that this single digit, single piece of the money uh, from where to where. Because the ideally, if you think about it, the ideal that that you see from the their white paper of the Chinese DCEP uh, is just the saying that a a digital cash is a sequence of uh, encrypted numbers that it's very hard to replicate. Okay, so that's just the number. So that you know, there's a way to verify that data is something that you know you 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 have it, and if you give it to me, um, that's that's. That's a very long sequence of valid number that everybody will accept as a legit money. Mm. That that view does not support the idea that the the um, PBOC is trying to keep track of it. Okay. Mm. However, that uh, from the from the white paper, it is indeed say that uh, even with that, once we have the real time money movement okay money movement so that they could use a certain ai or machine learning technology to detect fraud immediately so for instance whenever you are you know in some big gambling thing <laughs> real time you will see big money move around the back and the forth <laughs> right <And> so this is something wrong with that so i'm just making some state with some some analogy saying that you know uh, keep tr uh, um, um, real time detecting fraud is uh, different from you know gets to the gets to the point where I know everything that the mm. citizen is doing. From what I know from the white paper, it was uh, it was not clear at all that whether they get to the extremely micro level, knowing everybody is doing everything. To be honest, that's very very costly. Very very costly, and to get back to the point of whether you know each each people's wallet has an account. How do you assign some name to the account, etc.? Um, and that there's a there's a lot of uncertainty um, you know, there that uh, for us to figure it out. And I do know I, I to be honest, I don't think PBOC know exactly hundred percent of what they wanted to do. Again, it's it's the trial. The technology may or may not be there yet. Of course, it took years for the PBOC to even just get to this point. So obviously, there's a, a road ahead to be sure. I want to get back to the macroeconomic levers uh, that the DCEP allows PBOC to do. You talk about negative interest rates, and, and this is a real this is a real dilemma for central banks around the world. How do you uh, uh, create mechanisms that allow your economy to either speed up or slow down uh, to a level of of comfort uh, for your citizens. Obviously, in a global pandemic, it's a really, really tough job right now. In America alone, 36 million people are now unemployed. The numbers are just growing. So we get back to the negative interest rates, for example. Could 
DSEP, for example, allow the PBOC to put an expiration date of you holding your DSEP so that the value goes down the longer you hold it? I mean, could we look at something like that? How, how would it actually look like in real life if they were to try to encourage in real time uh, people to spend their money? I think you're a central banker. It is indeed what's going on. <laughs> you are. You are the good, great candidate. Immediately get the point of the negative interest rate. It's a very simple idea. Those things it's just, you know, the, the, the next interest rate, negative interest rate is basically, you know, that it's force somebody or force or push or whatever, incentivize, whatever you call that somebody is to spend the money to buy goods. Buy goods is very good for the economy. Nowadays, if you look around the Chinese uh, stimulus plan, there's one important part. It's called consumption coupon that a lot of local governments are pushing out. Why do they want to do it? It's just, you know, the consumption multiplier is a so important part of the GDP. And uh, this is a this is a lever that the, the Chinese government would like to would like to use. In the end, at this point, I don't think at the pilot stage that a negative interest rate can be implemented. Just because you know it's it's pilot stage, so many of the people are still holding the cash, or still holding the deposits, all these things, and mm-hmm. uh, the threat of withdrawal from the withdrawal cash from the. Uh, the threat of households withdraw cash from the uh, commercial banks imposes such a great limit on how much that the central bank can can do something like what you said. That's a great point. In the end, once you have the CBDC that everybody stuck with it, then the 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 CB uh, you know central banks uh, toolbox gets enlarged to a, such a great extent that they could. Eat. You use it. Um, that's the reality, and I do think you know. On the one side, that a greater toolbox enjoyed by the PBOs, uh, enjoyed by central bank, is a great God is a, is is a great bless, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side, if the central bank made some mistake, that's also something you know really worth looking at. Well, DSEP is intended to uh, replace, at some point, the monetary base. So the monetary base, essentially all the physical representations of the fiat, either in uh, the the RMB, coins, uh, paper money, um, and intended to replace uh, the M0 level of of, uh, the monetary base. So if that is the intent domestically. And these trials, let's say, you know, the bugs are worked out. At which point do we see this exported to an international global market? And is this a route to internationalizing the RMB? Yes, great question. Um, So um, I there's a no hide from the from PBOC or Beijing uh, saying that you know RMB internationalization is uh, one important goal. Um, relentless effort have been done 
in the past decade. And as economist or politician, whatever from whatever the goal, it's just a fair game. There's nothing evil, nothing evil. You know, look at the U.S. 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 is uh, enjoying so much from this uh, exorbitant uh, privilege of the U.S.D. has. So it's just a fair game, um, and China wants to do that. Um, and uh, the the DCEP is a something called infrastructure. It's a financial infrastructure investment. It's a super important uh, to have a quick, efficient, real-time settlement system. And uh, think about the Fedwire. Fedwire, it's not great, to be honest. You know, still old technology, such, but just because everybody using it, it's fine. And you have a chips here. You have a Swift. Swift is basically a messaging system, not even a settlement uh, uh, um, system. So it's just all these different. The DCEP that it wants is to develop it and get to the entire palace stage. All these banks are using it. Private parties are using it. Everybody you know, hold accounts or not accounts and having it. And once you have uh, all these uh, great uh, underlying you know, computer, you know, it's really, really on computer science. I'm not the expert, uh, but I can imagine that there is a system where you can making sure that all these uh, uh, settlement, which means that I owe you that money, you owe me that money, and imagine those things as like a back and forth, zillions or billions or whatever, like those type of time. And you can e still do it in a super quick way without any mistake. And once you have an error or fraud, you can reverse it. This is the great, great uh, technology that in the old system is so hard to do. Uh, now, if we indeed get that after the pilot stage, I would imagine maybe two or three, four, five years. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not holding any confidence that I'm I saying. Once we get to the stage where it is running through, running smoothly, we can define what we mean by smoothly. It's so, so logical to just export to some other South Asia or Asia, East Asia countries. Whoever using RMB, they're going to be very happy to accept the settlement on the DCEP. These are wrong belt, wrong road um, countries who were receiving some uh, uh, help or assistance from Beijing. Um, the contract or the you know, payment is denominated in IMB. Whenever you use IMB, you need to go through that, that centralized uh, settlement system. So there's no doubt that uh, uh, we're going to use it. And, uh, you know, you might, I, I understand that a lot of people say, okay, so that means that, you know, this is a really, really important step of, uh, of disrupting the USD dominated system. I would say uh, it has the potential, but uh, I think it's still far from that. And I can elaborate on why yeah. is the case, but uh, let's just pause it on. Well, it's we could pause it. Uh, I mean, based on current realities. Um, but what you're saying is is extraordinarily interesting. That if China innovates a new technology driven uh, new system of settlements that replaces SWIFT or replaces Fedwire, as you've said, uh, which are both U.S. led uh, systems. 
that that is dominated by obviously the U.S. dollar and and, and U.S. interests uh, in a international global economic marketplace. That if China, through technological innovation, uh, potentially challenges or even replaces that system, uh, that is one route to internationalization, potentially. But the other real truth of the matter is that you can't get to real internationalization of the RMB based on the current restrictions that China places uh, on its its capital accounts. It's got capital controls. It's got um, very clear mandates uh, domestically. Uh, there is not real liberalization of its capital accounts. By that measure, it's going to be really tough to internationalize in RMB uh, right now. But well, yeah, one hundred percent agree with you. Yes, one hundred percent. Now, I so regarding this issue, one is that uh, whether DCEP uh, helps internationalization RMB. Yes, definitely true. As I explained, you know, it's just a bunch of better technology. Think about if you ever had experience with using the WeChat. The fact that I can use WeChat to pay at any more any amount and it's super fast, right? Convenient, gonna help. And it, which that clearly was go, what was going on on the on the WeChat that's stealing big market share from Alibaba. So same idea applies to there. However, that the, the when I use WeChat, I know that the money stays put in the WeChat. It's still one yuan. It's the same dollar, same same money. Whenever I say dollar, I meant like probably people use it interchangeable with money. So one yuan put into the WeChat gonna stay there. It's all you know, just just the one yuan. For IMB, it's different because that you know whoever is holding IMB, this is something called exchange rates move move around. And if you think that it's gonna tank that and you wanna get out, you have to find some some people for you to sell so that you come convert it back to dollars. In a current situation, which is I don't expect to see immediate lifting. Uh, which is basically this capital control, heavy capital control that imposed by PBOC. And then there's a, not a, a current discussion on the um, that uh, the IMB is competing against the dollar, just because they are in totally different uh, leveling playing field that in terms of the con competition as some global safe asset. And you might wonder that well, then why PBOC is trying to do the technological side of it. Now, you know, you can optimize the order of the internationalization of the, of the, of the um, RMB. There are two reasons why that China thinks this is the right timing to push the uh, DCEP. The first is that China has been always, always think that the uh, the technology of blockchain or you know computer um, these like you know decentralization all these technology let's forget about decentralized that's that's a different thing. I meant the blockchain mm. uh, easier settlement all these things it's just electronic 
society, electronic, uh, digital economy, always think that this is the if a leapfrog. So they would like to utilize it. And one way to keep the advantage is to bring in this uh, digital currency of the PBOC because that's one way really really establish the advantage. The second point is basically basically that. Uh, and that the very reason that China would like to, uh, uh, um, you know, um, keep ahead of the Libra, because the Libra could be believed as a dollar-based uh, payment system, which is like, you know, central bank digital currency. Um, the fact that, that we have a BB, we have a DCEP, therefore that they keep the IMB internationalization in the game or in the race. At least for the next five years. Otherwise, if we lose that game, right, then there's mm -hmm. no way we talk about the internationalization. I mean, you're based in in Chicago. You're seeing what's happening uh, in the United States right now. The stimulus dollars that are being injected into the economy, and there's some real tough transactional, uh, even even the process of transacting it to people and getting it into the hands of average Americans. There's been talk of the digital dollar project uh, in some form or fashion in Congress. What if? Uh, U.S. CBDC, such as a digital dollar, is released. How, how would that influence China's DCEP ambitions? Is this something that China is paying attention to? Great question. Uh, so I um, one advantage of DCEP, uh, it's it really gets to the details of the important details the, uh, the 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 property of DCEP, at least uh, developed by China. Is so called independent of the accounting account. So most of the money that you may imagine that it is, it's it's associated with account, and often the time it's bank account, right? You think about it, you know, you have a money. What does it mean? It means that you have a number in some account that are recognized by someone else. Um, the the DCEP itself is different, right? Cash is different. Cash means that you 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 own that piece of paper. That nobody can fake it, or the DCEP is basically a, you own you know the sequence of a number, uh, and 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 uh, you know this is stored somewhere, and everybody can check whether that sequence of a number makes sense. Um, so in that sense, in in that in that perspective, then you immediately see that you know you don't need a bank to dispense these money. That that's exactly the the digital dollar that in the current debate about. But once you have a pandemic, you really wanted to dispense the liquidity or money into people who really needs the most. Then I just you know it's much much more if more inefficient or much more efficient to dispense the money directed to the people. So DCEP could do that, but I doubt. That the the uh, U.S. digital dollar, etc., or in their mind, is that is something that uh, it's it's in their plan because you know you could you could do something totally different. The DCEP developed by China um, has this design from the beginning. I heard many many other CBDC design, central bank digital currency design that are still associated with bank. So as long as you're so associated with bank, then you still get to the same problem. It, that, that, that's a great point. Um, and we also know that China started this initiative uh, 
more than half a decade ago. Um, so it's got a couple of years under its belt uh, developing this. And I, I think the concept is still very new to uh, uh, Congress right now in the United States. Before I wrap it up, uh, you know, from the point of view as an economist uh, with, a, with a macro view, um, we're really talking still about technology-driven centralized system. This is a centralized, uh, while blockchain-enabled, it is still it is still very much centralized, uh, and in the levers of control of government and and central banks. How does this contrast with true decentralization? Um, we recently had an interview with. Uh, Tim Draper, a longtime Silicon Valley legendary investor uh, who, when asked about what he thinks about U.S. digital dollar mm -hmm. or China's decept, said it will bomb because it's still tied to fiat in politics, which are <laughs> unstable, right? In a decentralized, in a decentralized uh, ecosystem where no one is in control and it's truly democratic in, in the purest sense, uh, because the masses are, are um, everybody's personal interests uh, are tied uh, to a decentralized system. Is there going to be, at some point in the future, a real debate between centralized systems and decentralized systems? And will people be allowed to choose? Okay, so that question is so big that I can only offer my own views, and uh, yes. I think my own my views are representative of many economists that uh, that I ever been talked to. Um, I think there's a there's a I really want to emphasize this the key difference between the monetary system to be very decentralized. You know, you think about the CBDC, so so it's like a Bitcoin type of thing, transfer, etc. Uh, versus, there's a lot of other applications where decentralization uh, becomes a key. Um, for instance, that uh, you know, uh, the best example that I also think that blockchain has a huge um, um, benefit on that industry, which is the supply chain. Um, uh, this international trade where uh, different parties that it gets involved uh, will keep some copies so that it, you know prevent somebody is colluding, etc. So, so in a way that the decentralization brings equality, brings uh, stability, uh, brings brings uh, um, efficiency in a way. That uh, that uh, that uh, nobody is getting everything, right? And so that everybody would like to participate uh, in a in a in a very self self interest uh, um, system, which is like a mar market system. Mm -hmm. That is something that, uh, in a way, that in direct contrast to a monetary system where you need a central lender. This is so-called a central bank. So for an economist, actually, we separate out the monetary system, the running of a monetary system from the other kind of a business system. So I was talking about uh, uh, it's like, uh, you know, the international trade, 
supply chain, etc. The monetary system is a very different kind of thing, and、uh, we still think that whenever we get to the monetary system, fully decentralization probably will not work in its best form. So, with that said, I just would like to say that you know, to me, that the、uh, China's、um, agenda, you know, very clear now agenda, is saying that.、Uh, Let me control the currency, and so avoid all these confusions. People, you know, speculation on coins, etc., all these things. But let the individual private sectors to try their best to develop the blockchain technology, where、um, the trade finance, you know, is international collaboration, etc., can take place. But don't worry about the payment. You can see this type of a logic in the current,、uh, you know, new infrastructure investment that launched as、mm-hmm. a response from the Beijing to the pandemic. So that's part of the big investment、uh, project that are now, and it's just you know with it's it's clearly said that with the help of the DCEP that now we can get another round of infrastructure investment on blockchain. On 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 5G etc. All serving that same purpose. I actually think that's the right way to do it.、Uh, hopefully that the 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 the, the、uh, monetary independence that that the the, the other speaker was talking about、uh, is not a big、uh, pullback of,、uh, for the for the for the China's economy. I totally understand what he was saying that you know it's just unstable. What what if you have a central bank made a huge mistake, right? That that、mm-hmm. kind of logic.、Mm-hmm. Well, that that's I think the U.S. will make some big mistake too, <laughs> and perhaps that he is trying to say that U.S. is also not good at this front. <laughs> I think these are unprecedented times, and、uh, the jury is out, as they say, and and. The way that we started off this conversation was to characterize this as a race, and I truly think it's only just begun. Professor He, thank you so much for joining us. Truly, a professor learned so much、uh, during the course of this conversation, as I hope you did too,、uh, to our wonderful audience who's joined us here. Professor He, thank you. Thank you again, and thank you everyone for joining us on this latest episode of Word on the Block. I'm your editor-in-chief, Forecast News, and your host, Angie Lau. Until the next time.